Let's talk with Trent R. Nelson. Good morning to all of our wonderful listeners. And of course, it's a wonderful morning, as all of our mornings are, to discuss important and topical events. And and who am I speaking to about those types of issues today? Well, you probably know her because a majority of you voted for her. Her name is Nikki Podzinski. She is the 13th Congressional District of Illinois, United States House of Representatives representative. And it is always such a pleasure to chat with her and to get some information concerning what she has been up to over her first year serving in that body. How are you today, Congresswoman? It's great to be with you. Thank you for having me on, Trent. The pleasure is all ours, and we're certainly thankful for the chance to catch up with you. It has been several months. It's been almost a year since we got to hang out at the Illinois State Capitol. Of course, we've seen each other in the time since, but always wonderful to have a good discussion. Now, Congresswoman, in your first year, of course, you have been active in politics and government for for many years uh, in different roles and whatnot. Could you explain to our listeners a bit what you were expecting as well as uh, what did you find when you got there? That's a good question, Trent. So in my my first year, one of the things I would say I'm probably the most proud of is the work I've been doing to find common ground with both Democrats and Republicans on issues that matter most to our communities in central and southern Illinois. You know, I talked a lot about after being elected that I felt like the constituents of the 13th district expected me to go to Washington to find solutions, not be a part of the political noise. Right. And I think I've been able to do that on a number of different initiatives, whether it's in agriculture, workforce development, advocating for more infrastructure dollars. I've been able to do that with Republicans and Democrats. And I think sometimes when folks are looking at Washington from home, it just looks like we all don't get along. But in fact, actually, we can find some places where we can work together. And I've been actively working to find those places. And we've noticed as much, Congresswoman, uh, many of our minds are constituted, uh, perhaps naturally, perhaps as a result of the society we live in. They're oftentimes more analytical. We're always looking and finding differences between us, as opposed mm-hmm. to synthetic, which is uh, finding the similarities. And certainly, as you just noted, there are similarities that we can find even with people that we ostensibly don't have a great deal of similarities with. There's always a few. And so with that being said, one of the big things that we spoke about our first time was supporting family farmers and rural communities, the farm bill and stuff of that nature. Could you go into a bit more about just what you've done in that capacity over this first year? Yeah, well, let me say, you know, I serve on the House Agriculture Committee. I've really been enjoying the work of that committee because it is a historically bipartisan committee in a place where good policy happens. And the Farm Bill being top among them. Uh, Last year, the Farm Bill did expire in September, but we were able to extend it for this next year. It'll come up for reauthorization again in September of 2024. I'm going to use that time to continue to advocate for two of the initiatives that have been bipartisan. Um, I'm hoping to get into the Farm Bill. As you mentioned, Trent, we've talked about this, the need to identify the next generation of farmers. You know, for the state of Illinois, agriculture is our number one economic driver. And so when you recognize that a farmer average age is 58 years old, we need to know 
who is coming up behind that farmer? Who's that next generation coming into agriculture? We produce some of the best soybean, uh, corn. We have the most fertile, best soil in the country. We want to take advantage of that um, in our communities. But we need farmers, obviously, to be the growers to do that. And so my young and beginning farmer bill, I'm doing that piece of legislation with my Republican friend from Des Moines, Zach Nunn. We introduced it to provide low interest loans to young and beginning farmers to help them acquire land. That's one of the biggest obstacles because young people that are trying to get into agriculture, very difficult to compete with developers um, in acquiring land to get into agriculture. I feel like that could be one really important way to incentivize young people to get into agriculture. The other initiative that I've been working really hard on that's bipartisan is investments in our agricultural research. We have amazing community colleges like the one in Springfield. Lincoln Land Community College has a phenomenal agricultural program. I actually hosted my first agricultural advisory council meeting at Lincoln Land School of Agriculture. We also have the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, their College of ACES. So I want to see increased investment in research because it means more innovation for central and southern Illinois growers. It means helping us to keep the competitive edge as it relates to our agricultural economy. And so I've introduced on a bipartisan basis the America Grows Act, which would increase our agricultural funding on an annual basis for the next 10 years. So those are two initiatives I've been really working on. I'm hoping to get them both in a bipartisan farm bill to get done this September. Fascinating stuff. Of course, uh, people do not often think about what we might call the micro-functions necessary to fulfill greater functions. We would like young people to be farming, yet the question, as you noted, must be asked, how are they going to do that? Uh, How do we expect them to do this if we do not provide them the tools to succeed? They will likely go someplace where there are, in fact, tools to succeed. So we appreciate all of that hard work. And and my, my pleasure, Congresswoman, in that same vein, of course, we're going to transition to healthcare. Because in the same way that we wish to retain organic farmers, organic in the sense of coming up through the ranks, as it were, we also need to retain healthcare specialists. And of course, in Illinois, Mm -hmm. in this particular central Illinois area, we are familiar with this term healthcare desert. Um, Mm -hmm. And and so would you tell us a bit about the work that you are involved in to try to help those smaller communities stay Mm -hmm. healthier? Yeah, thank you very much for that question, Trent, because it has been one of my top priorities in the first year in office. You know, our rural communities and, quite frankly, communities across central and southern Illinois, ranging in some sizes, obviously, are facing a shortage of healthcare providers, healthcare professionals. And so one of the pieces of legislation I'm very excited to be doing with Senator Durbin is a bipartisan piece of legislation called um, the Rural Health Core Act. And what that uh, legislative initiative would do is to say, if you're a healthcare professional, you're an OBGYN, uh, you are providing behavioral health to people that we have a lot of need for behavioral health specialists. If you practice in our communities for five years, we will help relieve some of your student debt. And again, that to me is just a common sense, practical way for us to incentivize more healthcare professionals where we do have those deserts, like you mentioned, in those communities address these issues and these shortages, which are really um, 
very troubling and can affect people in their everyday lives. I'm a really proud member of the Rural Health Corps, I'm sorry, Rural Health Care Caucus in the House. Uh, Republicans and Democrats from districts all across the country that, quite frankly, are facing a lot of these same shortages of healthcare professionals in their districts. We're trying to come together as Democrats and Republicans to find some real solutions. I think that the Rural Health Core Act that I've introduced, I think, is one of those types of solutions. Absolutely. It is crucial innovation to attempt to make, and hopefully it will come to fruition. It's to your point concerning relieving the debt of individuals who work in specific fields and in specific communities, uh, the idea itself is brilliant enough to be extrapolated outward, right? If we have Mm -hmm. education deserts, we should be providing for those teachers the same incentives. We should... So many points to jump off there. And we wish that we had you for hours because we we could (laughs) chat for hours. Well, I'll come back anytime, Trent. (laughs) Well, of course, we are looking forward to that. We're going to take a quick commercial break here on Let's Talk with Trent R. Nelson, and we'll catch you in just a hot second. Let's Talk with Trent R. Nelson. Again, joining us here right now, we have Congresswoman Nikki Budzinski of Illinois' 13th Congressional District, and we have gone through some really wonderful stuff over talking about Congresswoman Budzinski's first year serving as Illinois' 13th Congressional Representative. We spoke a bit about farming, family, the rural communities uh, where those farms are often located. We spoke about greater access to health care and incentives that can be provided for professionals to apply their trade where their trade is most needed. But before we let the Congresswoman go, we would be remiss if we did not touch upon one of this host's favorite topics, local infrastructure. Because who doesn't love a little hard and soft infrastructure? Um, We love to go online and we love to drive on roads. So right there, we got both covered. As it concerns the Springfield Rail Improvements Project, also known as the Consolidation Mm -hmm. Movement, of course, the federal government continues to help us here revitalize the community in those ways. Uh, Recently, we learned that some of the funds that were previously moved or noted for us have been utilized for different projects. And so there's a bit of a delay concerning that. But as it concerns and as it regards the Rail Improvements Project and the Pillsbury factory, the famous Mm -hmm. Pillsbury factory we have here, what can you tell us uh, concerning those innovations over the last year and moving forward? Yeah, thank you. Those, Those are both two very important projects for the city of Springfield. And You know, the Springfield Rail Project, obviously, you know, we were disappointed to see that the funding didn't come in this year, but I am going to do everything I can in this next year to make sure that we bring those resources to fruition and we get the project back completely on track. You know, I think this might lead to a short-term delay is what I understand it, but we're going to get this done. I'm going to work with Our Senator Dick Durbin has been a longstanding leader on these issues on the specific rail project in Springfield. So we're going to do everything we can to work with him and uh, do everything we can to support bringing those dollars back. I actually had 
Mitch Landrew was my very first visitor from the administration to right. Springfield. And we brought him, yeah, to the footprint to show him the rail project in Springfield, where this was happening, how transformational this project is for the city of Springfield, and to meet with local leaders. So I'm doing everything I can to really elevate and emphasize the importance of the project and will continue to do so. On the Pillsbury project, we've been working really closely. There's a great organization, obviously very local-led, um, on the ground in Springfield to, you know, reform, refurbish, revitalize the footprint of where the Pillsbury plant currently stands to create real economic opportunity on the east side of Springfield. I've been able to, in this first year, uh, bring back uh, several hundred thousand dollars toward helping to fund uh, the revitalization in this project. I do hope that we get a federal budget. We will have that come up again for a potential vote in March. If we can get a budget done, which I really hope we can, I have an additional million dollars in that budget for the Pillsbury project. So again, a lot of really important initiatives. Some of it is contingent on the budget and where that lands, but I'm advocating for both of them, along with some other projects in Springfield, the 1908 race riot designation as a national monument, that site, that's something I have bipartisan legislation on uh, with Congressman Darren LaHood. Um, would like to see that also happen for the city of Springfield. Another important initiative I have is the CAP Innovation Center on the east side of Springfield, which is a um, an incubator for black black entrepreneurship in Springfield. Um, I have several million dollars in the budget for that particular initiative in Springfield. So there's a, there are a lot of things we're working on, um, and I'm going to work my hardest to make sure we can make each of them a reality. Well, we certainly appreciate all of that hard work, Congresswoman Budzinski. Of course, the race riot that occurred here just short of 100 years ago, a few years short of 100 years ago, is worthy of being a national monument, uh, worthy of our memory is worthy to learn about, and we must highlight both the positive and the negative of history in order to come to a reasonable understanding of our present and future circumstances. Well said, Trent. I agree. Thank you very kindly, Congresswoman Budzinski. And of course, a 2024 budget would be lovely. We've had many a continuing resolution, and so I think many of us are ready for a budget. Let us hope that we can get one. And when we do, we will be sure to speak with the Illinois 13th Congressional District Representative. You know her as Representative Nikki Budzinski. And we are always so thrilled to have a good chat with her. And again, will you come back and hang out with us again? Absolutely. Anytime you'll have me. <laughs> Don't say that, but yes, we will, we, will, we will have a wonderful time real soon. And of course, we look forward to it. Have a wonderful weekend and we will catch you real soon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks, Trent. Absolutely. Let's talk with Trent R. Nelson. And again, we just had a wonderful chat with Congresswoman Nikki Budzinski of the 13th Congressional District, which is where we live. And we are hoping that you all have as wonderful a weekend as I hope the Congresswoman has. And we will catch you real soon.